welcome to Merrickville. Welcome to Tuesday. Sydney, lots on the show today. We're going to be talking about the Foo Fighters' new album and giving you a chance to go to a very special listening session with the Fooies. That's later on in the show. We'll also be talking about why people are continually picking on Canterbury-Bankstown, partly because they deserve it, but also, too, because they deserve it. We'll get to that later on. But Cam Nightjoy's been in the studio for the first hour. Great to have you back, Cam. Great to be here again. And we're going to start the show with something that we didn't finish yesterday. Uh, it was... What did you eat that wasn't food? Ooh. Yeah. It's funny that we would say that yesterday and we wouldn't get a resounding response. I love that you you didn't get a resounding response. I love that you've you've asked me this, though, as well. You just know that I have eaten something I shouldn't have. Mate, you should see the phones. I went nuts yesterday. We'll get to those calls up next. Comedian Cam Nye with me this afternoon. And Cam, you'll be with me again tonight because we've got a gig tonight. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, it's a gig, mate. Settle down. <laughs> no, Hanky Panky, don't make it weird. Cam and I are doing a gig at the Inmore Cafe tonight. I'm emceeing and you're headlining. I so am. that's two awesome reasons to get down there and enjoy some comedy. Or you could just have it now for free. So I'd probably <laughs> just have it now for free and avoid the, the, the cost of paying at the door. Stay at home and think about what a great session it was this afternoon. <laughs> Good plug. Good, Good plug. No. If, you, if you enjoy the next hour, don't go. If you if don't you, enjoy the next hour, get along and give the chance, give the boys a chance give to us make another up go. For it. Yeah. Right, yeah. thank no, you. That's if fun. you enjoy this hour, then afterwards sit around and imagine what it would be like with swears. <laughs> there you go. Then don't go. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Cam, yesterday I wanted to kick off the show uh, with something a little bit different because yesterday we had um, a technical problem here at Triple M where mm. the phones basically just crapped themselves. Right. And we had a whole lot of calls for a topic, but we couldn't we couldn't get anybody through, Flanders, could we? Because it was nah. just phones shattered themselves. And the talkback topic was, what did you eat that wasn't a food? Now, mm. uh, this was at five o'clock yesterday, and I brought a little to, forward to the sexy new time of ten past four, <laughs> uh, in talking in television terms, the sexy new time of ten past four. Uh, what did you eat that wasn't food? Because my son, on mm. Sunday night, was sitting around, moving night, just watching it, uh, Austin Powers with the kids, having right. a great time. Yep. My son turns around and he goes, Dad, I said, what, man? He goes, I ate part of my iPad. <laughs> Went, right then and there, or yeah. he just uh, just remembered. He's just, it was like he just remembered. He just sit there. He just goes, "Dad, I ate some of the iPad." I was playing Fruit Ninja, and it just looked pretty appealing. Just... I'll have some of that. <laughs> appealing, good. Oh, nice. He's yeah. eight years of age. Mm. Right, he should know better than to eat technology. But he, he yeah. had a little bit of an eat an iPad. So straight away, you think, what part of the, part of the iPad, iPad do you eat? Like, because it's eat? glass and That's metal it. and That's it. button. That's it. It might be a little black button bit. What was it? Did he? Did he he say? ate some of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> he ate glass. He ate glass. Right. Mm. So what happened? We went, what are you talking about? Because straight away, it was suspicious. Going, you haven't eaten your iPad. He goes, Dad, I'm really worried. I might have to go to hospital. Yeah. I've eaten some of my iPad. Yeah. And I went, okay, how? And also, yeah. too, I'd been at the brewery all day, so it was just <laughs> not computing. So he, what happened is he must have dropped a little bit and a little piece of glass, yeah. like a tiny splinter had broken off. Mm-hmm. Now, for some reason, he thought that was a salt flake. Right. So picked it up with his thumb and put it in his mouth and ate it. Wow. I mean, you should always eat things before you discover exactly absolutely. their true identity. It's yeah, a, immediately tells you a yeah. bit about the Watts household as well. The salt flake. Salt See, flake, you fancy we pants. Can, we can never afford... I know, doesn't it? <laughs> no. How old, how old is we he? We have Murray Salt. How old is he? He's eight. And he's already eating salt, salt flakes. flakes. Yeah, Murray Salt, mate. He's trying to help the Murray Darling That's right. Region. Yeah, he's helping. He's yeah, for he's the... Right. <laughs> None of that... that, that 
kooky stuff molding that you get from overseas. No, yeah, we have no. local local crap projects. Salt, yep, pink well salt. Done. Yep. Anyway, so he's eating a little piece of salt, and we do, you know, like I said, he's just eating it without actually distinguishing what it is, which is mm. why we can't have Chiquito bars or Polo waffles. Yes, in that's the house right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> one day it's chocolate. So, so one day one it's, it's not. not. <laughs> That is, right. this is extra nutty. Oh, I apologize oh. for that. So I had some cashews yesterday. So uh, anyway, he's eating the glass. Turns out it's all right. We waited to see if there's going to be any repercussions. But he ate a piece of glass. Yeah. Thinking it was a, just a flake But he's salt. put it in there and it hasn't dissolved like salt does. And he's just sort of let it wiggle around in his mouth and then just swallowed it. He didn't chew on it either. I know. Is that right? No, so a whole piece it. of iPad glass has gone iPad down glass. into it. Oh my God, it's crazy. And that's, that's sharp glass, that glass too. That's not like yeah. a regular kind of, you know, crappy glass. Yeah, like it's that's durable. That's shard. Sharp, yeah. Of really hardened, it is, it's hardened glass. So, and it'll probably shredded his inside. It's due out pretty soon then, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't... <laughs> We Make haven't... it sound like a, a movie. I don't know what else to say to that, though. It's okay. too soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> to a puppet near you. So I said to him last night when I got home from work, I said, mm. how are you feeling, mate? Because I know that he was concerned about it and we were worried that it might, you know, have a you know, problem with his stomach. I cut him because yeah. it's a real thing. Yeah. Georgie's rung one of her friends who works in the medical profession. They assure us it's probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I get home last night. I go, Wolfie, how are you, mate? And he goes, good, Dad. There was no blood in my poo. Oh. <laughs> First thing he said. And we high-fived. What a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, me neither today. No, no, that's, that's, no that's, not a, that's not an occasional thing. That happens every night. I walk in. Georgie, how are you going, sweetheart? Good, no blood in my poo. Great. <laughs> Great. Any blood in your poo? No blood in no. my poo. Great. That's, that's the household. Any blood in anyone's poo? Goes out to the neighbourhood. Great. How's everyone out? <laughs> everyone in the street, all right? Karen, how are you? No blood in my poo, Merrick. Great, all right. I'll wash your carpet. No, anyway. So, one, two, three, five, three. What did you eat that wasn't food? What have you eaten that's not food, Cam? I ate between the age of two and four continually. I kept eating sheep poo. Because I, I grew up in the country. And here you are hanging. I know, I know, I know, I know. But this stuff, I just, I, I think I thought it was chocolate or something. But you'd think by the age of four, you learn what you should or shouldn't put in your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I still kept going back for more, apparently. My dad and my mum still talk about did it. You have a, did you have a favourite sheep? <laughs> did you, did you, just did you, did you have just to, an Australian merino. Did you have to, did you have to brown milk it? <laughs> Brown milk it. Yeah. No, it's, it's like when it's, it's sort of semi-dried. It, now comes the poop. It's like a semi-dried. It's not fresh. It's just sort of lying around. Because we used to go stump picking, just pick up wood for the fire. And I'd go off into the paddock and just pick up apparently poo and just eat it like it was little, you know, little like licorice bullets. Just nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Chocolate. It's very Moorish. <laughs> how, how, how big is the poop? A poop is probably about a oh, centimetre and a half. It okay. look, they, they're snack about the size, size of it. Yeah, snack, snack size. size. They look like fun a chocolate fun size. It's you know, a fun yeah, size. Fun size. Yeah. It's a fun size snack. Yeah. It's like a licorice, a licorice bullet. You yeah, know? so if you were going to yeah. go, you know, trail walking somewhere, you take a little, yeah. take a little handful, they'll get you through the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and fiber. Fiber. It's been fibrous once. One triple three five three. can take your calls up next. What have you eaten that wasn't food? Taking your calls, what did you eat that wasn't food? And surprisingly, this might be a first cam night. Uh, I, at this stage, I don't see any calls from somebody called Troy, which I really expected somebody <laughs> to call through. We'll wait and see. There's still opportunities for Troy. We know you've eaten something that wasn't food. Uh, but taking your calls, let's get Troy's to... Troy's still chewing. That's why he has been up the time. He's chewing his hand. That's the problem. We've got Nick in Pendle Hill. G'day, Nick. G'day, mate. How are you going? Very good. What did you eat that wasn't food? Um, it was a long time ago, about 43 years ago. My mum was into um, sewing big time and I was only two and apparently I went up and grabbed a little cup of pins and took a swig 
Oh. And luckily for me, there was only two pins in that cup and the head was facing up. So they've gone through my whole system and come out my nappy. Roughly. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> she panicked That's... and f- gave me all this bread to did, eat, apparently. Did, did, and well, did, Could you feel it going through your stomach and at the end, did it feel a little bit like pins and needles? <laughs> <laughs> he was a real little prick. <laughs> if only I could remember. I'd... <laughs> yeah, I think he was three little pricks. Okay, so... Oh. I ruined that a little bit then. Didn't need that. Nick in Blacksland. G'day, mate. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good indeed. What did you eat that wasn't food? Um, a cicada head. <clears throat> Crunchy. How did that... Was Did it fly into your mouth or what? No, no, no. I was up the coast um, having a, on a camping trip with the boys. Had a fair few beers in the morning. Woke up in a really hot tent and the cicada was next to the tent chirping away. So I decided to get up and I ate its head off. Oh, Wow, yeah, that's technically a food. I then. was going to say that I'm going to protest that's because protein. I reckon they eat that in some countries. They I reckon, do, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I reckon eaten, Anthony... I've eaten, I've eaten uh, cockroaches and I've eaten uh, bugs, crickets, and all that. I've eaten crickets. I've definitely eaten crickets. I haven't eaten a cicada though. They've got a big head. <laughs> They've got a massive head. <laughs> I don't know. Did it take the hangover <laughs> away? Is what I want to know. Like the Bill Shorten of the insect world. <laughs> From, I'm guessing not, Cam. I'm guessing the cicada. Then again. You know, at least you wouldn't have that buzzing sound. Uh, thank you, mate. We've got uh, Mick in Bass Hill. G'day, Mick. Hey, lads. How are you? Very good, mate. Sorry about yesterday. I know that we had uh, trouble getting through to you yesterday, so thanks for calling back in. No, you're right, brother. No, my um, my niece, uh, she's about three or four years old, got her hands on to her, her dad's, um, you know, the shavers, the fresh shavers. Oh, The razor no. blade. Oh. Yeah, so what's happened is she's chewed on it chewed, it, chewed it to bits. No joke. We've got the x-rays. So she's chewed it, and then the only way my sister's realised that she's eaten it is from the wrapper, because they've got the wrappers on them. What? So oh. she's looked, yeah. So you're talking about cut. the straight-edge blade that you put inside yep. a razor head. Yep. They're quite yep. flat, and they yep. are quite thin. They're quite flexible and actually not very um, they're not very durable, because they're just no, a mate, sharp she's, edge. She's chewed, chewed it to bits, so she's broken up with her teeth. No joke. Um, we've seen the wrapper. We've taken it to the hospital. They've x-rayed her. It's the funniest thing. We've got the x-rays. My sister's still got the x-rays. And you can see all the bits of razor Oof. in her stomach. Oh, all over the... Yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. So my sister had to put a nappy on her and had to go through her her feces day by day to make sure all the bits had come out. That's oh, fun, isn't wow. it? <laughs> that's that's coming up at the 18th and the 21st and every adult birthday following, exactly. isn't it? That's yeah, exactly. Good. So she's got them saved in a jar with the X-ray. You kept them. Yeah. I mean, handy little you, keepsake. Handy if you've got a family, uh, you know, you got a relative or something in prison, and you want to smuggle something in. That's I mean, right. Just, just hand the baby jar. over for a cuddle and let it poop down your front. Oh, oh there's a razor. I'll oh. get out with that. That's good. Thank this you, is Mick. this is how illusionists and magicians are born. Yeah, exactly. They eat something sharp and poop exactly. it out. So I go, you know what, I'm going to do this for a living. Wouldn't it be amazing if she swallowed a razor and a rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> good, Tony in Greystones. Hello, Tony. How you going? Very good, mate. What have you eaten that wasn't food? Uh, well, it, was, um, it was actually my little nephew was staying over my house. I don't uh, think you should have eaten him, Tony. That's not funny. And again, that could be seen as food. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. (laughs) Anyway, so he's obviously taking a glass of water to bed. Um, He's got up in the morning. I'm doing a bit of cleaning up as I do. Um, Saw the glass of water and went, oh, I'll just, I'll neck that. As I've necked it, I'm going, oh, what was that? And I later found out it was his tooth that fell out during the night. Oh, Tony! You ate a human tooth? What the f... What are you, mate? 
That's how the that's how the tooth out. fairy takes it, isn't it? Oh, that's how they take it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I had to give him a red back for it. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did your nephew have to go through your poo to get the tooth back? To, <laughs> no. to the to he, the tooth fairy? He, the tooth. He passed it as a two dollar coin. It came out the other end yeah, as, as right. the gold coin. Oh, imagine yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. the tooth fairy too, just underneath the pillow, just go. Oh come on, oh. that's <laughs> that is unfair. Brown pillow. Joined this afternoon by Cam Knight. And Cam, don't say that Sydney doesn't provide free entertainment. Mm. We're about to get a brand new artificial reef, which is just going to be so accessible to everybody <laughs> in Sydney. Uh, they're going to create a little reef inside the Sydney Harbour. Liam, you've got the exact details on it. It's like a... Uh, presume they're just going to get a whole lot of shopping trolleys, yeah, and then you just chuck them over the bridge. Is Basically. that how we're going to do that? Well, they're, they're a little bit. They've they've moulded the shopping trolleys into hexagonal shaped modules. Oh, yeah, of so there's going to be nine of those hung around Benelong Point, uh, and it's hoped that the artificial reef structures will boost biodiversity and provide a refuge for fish and other marine yeah. creatures. Is it, is it also just? Are they hoping that this reef will eventually cling on to the sinking opera house? Yeah, and <laughs> stop it from going into Bo- the boost harbour. Is that, is that the plan? Yeah, there might be. That maybe right. the foundations are a bit weak. But yeah. seriously, like there is a lot of there to argue my case for shopping trolleys. You know, when you get a shopping trolley with a bung wheel, right? Yes. What do you do with that trolley? That trolley's no good to you. It's not good to anyone. Chuck it in the well, creek. Bang it in the bloody harbour. Yeah. Let a fish use it as a home. Nemo, hear him complain <laughs> about shopping trolleys? Never. Are these actually, are they made out of um, disused shopping trolleys? These hexagonal <laughs> no, shapes? No. no. That's ridiculous, Cam. That, no. be more on. No, what I'm are not... they making? <laughs> I think that's a great idea, <laughs> though. Dickhead, mate. <laughs> <laughs> They're just repurposing material instead of, you know. Cam, I know we say some stupid things on the show, mate, but seriously. Well, I, I, just, I just added to that clearly. That's, well, a, that's a great thing about this show. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's right. You just don't. In light of the news about the new reef that we're about to have here in Sydney, I prepared a quiz Mm. for you guys. Yep. It's time to play. Is it a fish? Just keep swimming. Or not a fish? A fish? Mm. Great. Is it a fish? This is a bit thin. This This is is good. Wait for it, though. I'm going to give you the name of something, and you've got to tell me if it's a fish. Yeah. Or a marital aid. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, now we're playing. I'm going to nail this one. Me. I literally was just going to flick over to Nova. I was so close. I had my finger on the button. I was gone. All right. And then you said marital aid. Bang. I went, no, we're back Merit, to Triple M This here. first one is for you. Of course it is. And I'll get this right. <laughs> <laughs> French tickler. No? Okay. Sorry. That's... Well, you're close. The tasseled scorpion. Is it a fish or is it a marital aid? That is a fish. Correct. Correct. The scorpion fish is found in the Solomon Islands on the South Pacific. It's a venomous carnivorous fish. Well done. I would have gone marital aid. So it's the dildo. Mary. Come on. This is this is a very close to the edge quiz. Right, I need okay. you to all right, I'll pull my head in. Just for at least until we get to the end. Mm. Uh all right, Cam, here you go. Yours. Mm-hmm. Is this a fish or a marital aid? The Minna Limon. The Minna Limon. Yes. I'm just gonna say marital aid. Correct. Boom. It's described what? as the perfect first time marital aid. Uh, the first re- time. Re- retail of sixty bucks. It's the mini it's a mini lemon, it's a lemon shaped little uh, aid. Is it? Wow. Hey. I'm just I'm just going with that. I'm just imagining a, a tiny Vix drop. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who don't want too much pleasure. <laughs> Not too much. It's even but, got a bit of menthol to it. Like, <laughs> they don't want too much pleasure, but they also want clear sinuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One a, one a piece. Here we go. Fresh media. Mary, is okay. this a is this a fish or is it a marital light? Yeah. The Amarino. 
Amarino. Yeah. Well, Amore, Amorous, I'm going to say the Amarino. Mm. I don't reckon that's a fish. I reckon that that is a marital aid. Correct. Ooh. Rechargeable too. Retails for 100 bucks. Oh, oh that's that. good. All right. <laughs> Rechargeable. <laughs> Keep on coming back. That. <laughs> Sorry, just got to recharge. Yeah, got to get the um, Amarino. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to Game of Thrones while this is yeah. <laughs> charging up? Get the mini lemon. It'll just it'll tide us over. It'll keep you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, game. Here we go. Cherry barb. Cherry Is this barb. A fish or a marital aid? Uh, cherry barb. It does sound delicious. It does. <laughs> a cherry barb. Yep. Uh, let's just go with fish. Correct. Oh, it's a tropical freshwater fish native to Sri Lanka. Well, that's good. You guys are doing really well here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Perfect round so far. All right, here we go, Mez. The Pearl Danio. Boom. The Pearl Danio. Is it a fish or is it a marital aid? Pearls. Pearls, eh? What do we think about pearls? That's a necklace. I don't know. Pearls. What do we think about pearls? Pearls. Just sounds weird saying it. I don't know why. I'm going to say it's a fish. Correct. It is a tropical fish belonging to the minnow family. Wow, we are flying through this. Here we go. Cam. Mm-hmm. Psychedelica. Psychedelica. Is it a fish or is it a oh, marital that's, aid? That's tough. That's, that's that tough could be one. anything. Yeah, it could be, one. but it's either a fish or a marital aid. I oh, know. <laughs> Psychedelica. <laughs> or a really I'm, terrible you know what? dance party I, from the I 90s. think it's, it's a marital aid and it's some sort of inhalant. Oh, it's it is, a fish. It's a recently discovered fish that bounces on the ocean floor like a rubber ball. Good on it. Having well, a good old time bouncing, bouncing around down there. Was it made out of latex or something? Is it, is it a latex <laughs> fish? <laughs> it's, Pearl. it's attached Pearl. to other balls. If you catch one of those fish, don't pull it out of the water too quickly. Yeah, no, just slowly, <laughs> one ball at a time. Ease one it out. Fish. Ease it out of the sea. Uh, I think we get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is for a perfect round. This is your last one. All right, come on, what's Is here? this a fish or is it a marital aid? The Minna Ola. Ooh. The Minna Ola. Mm-hmm. Ola. The Ola. Minna Ola. Ola. Is Ola. it a fish or is it a marital Ola. aid? Ola. Sounds like it could be Spanish or Portuguese. Oh, yeah. Minna. Does it? Minna. Does it? Is that right? Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Minna Ola is a fish. Oh, oh. It's a dildo? With a brilliantly simple squeezable interface. <laughs> Squeezable interface. What does that even mean? What does a squeezable interface look, mean? Look, oh, the, you don't want to see that face. <laughs> you don't want to see what that, that is. Face. The, that uh, face is a face <laughs> of shame and regret. <laughs> the internet here at work would only let me Google so far. Um, all right, Cam, last one for you, mate. Right. Oh. The Omibod. I beg your pardon? The Omibod. The Omibod. Omibod. Is it Omibod. a fish or is it a marital aid? <sighs> the Omibod. Sounds uh, Spanish or Portuguese, yeah, doesn't it? Does. it? <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. I don't know what, what it is, sure. <laughs> The Omibod. Uh, if I was going to... I'm yes. going to say, I'm just going to say marital aid. I reckon too. Correct. Boom. It's the uh, collective reference to the whole family of remote-controlled or musically powered vibrating sex toys. Musical powered? Yeah. So you can what? play your favourite music and it works. Correct. To, it, it dances to the tune of its Are own drums. Are you joking? <laughs> it's like those little flowers you used to have on your windows. Yeah, it's a dancing yeah. flower, yeah. but Are inside you. you. <laughs> Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. G'day, Mark Howard here. A year ago, I started the Howie Games podcast, which has given me a fantastic opportunity to chat with some of the biggest names in world sport. 
At times, the episodes can be pretty raw, like Lane Beachley talking about coming to terms with being an adopted child. And, you know, it's our thoughts that create how we feel about something. You know, our thoughts lead to emotions and actions, and then those actions determine the results that you produce in your life. And and I love to refer to uh, the difference between having a victim mentality versus a victor mentality. And, mm. and the victim mentality is a mentality of, I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe I was rejected at birth. I can't believe my own mother didn't want me. I can't believe that I feel, why why have I been so abandoned, so rejected? I can't believe, this is this is just... This is not right, right? And I, I, I can't. I don't know what to do about this. And that's the victim mentality. That's the victim. That's the victim. The victor goes, "All right, I'm not going to go through this for nothing. I'm going to turn this into something positive." You can listen to the Howie Games at podcastone.com.au or via the Podcast One app. Cam, you've had a little bit of. Uh, I was talking about having a, almost a medical uh, emergency in my house after my son ate a small piece of glass. Mm. Um, but you've actually had one in your own home. Yeah, Belle was freaking out. My wife, Belle, uh, lost her mind a couple of nights ago because uh, I'd left to go for a gig, and just before I, I was leaving, I was looking at her lips, and I was like, what's going on? What's Your lips are blue. Are you all right? Or what's, what's happening? And she's like, what are you talking about? And she was eating licorice, so I thought, oh, it must have been the licorice, and I left. Anyway, she sends me a photograph while I'm at the gig. Her fingertips are now gone completely blue. And she's losing it. She doesn't know why her fingertips... Was she watching Frozen? <laughs> That's it. Just, it. just, yeah, just had some sort of reaction, reaction to the film. Just and blue, because normally blue extremities is bad. That's mm. not that's good. A, that's a bad thing. It's you not good. Blue, blue on a human is not great. Yeah. And if you start Googling that sort of stuff, you're going to think you've oh. got leprosy or <laughs> you've been on Everest or something, yep, you know. Yep. And so I was like, I don't know what's going on, babe. And then again, 10 minutes later, she's discovered what it is. So... This has gone on for quite some time. She's been eating a packet of twisties and they're these packet of twisties that will make your tongue and your fingers go blue. They look normal, yep. but when they mix with your saliva, they go blue. So she's just been sitting there gobbing away at these twisties, not knowing that it's the very thing that she's eating that's making her go blue. Just, hang on, twisties are making blue twisties. Yeah, and it uh, says it on they... the packet. Half the packet says, will turn you blue, like turn your tongue blue. She so hasn't the... even read that. She's just like, I'm so hungry, I'm eating twisties. Just says the twisties, like, oh, I did the yeah. same thing. I wouldn't yeah. know. But the twisties come out like regular looking twisties. They look like normal twisties. Chicken or cheese? She was eating cheese. Right. Yep. And then pop those in. And then her whole, all of her fingertips are stained blue. This is terrible for your kids' clothing, by the it's way. Not great. Surely it's not great. It's not great. No, it's not a great Probably incentive, is it? Probably washes out. No, because it's another thing. So it's only cheese flavour or do they have it in chicken as well? I don't know. I haven't checked that. Blue, blue chicken, technically, I think is actually marital age. Now it's actually a fish that's native to Sri Lanka. <laughs> blue cheese. They were blue cheese. Blue um, cheese. And the, I, don't, I haven't checked how it came out. Why would Twisties do this? I don't know. That's what I mean. Do you know what I mean? Twisties like, are good as they are. I love twisties. No, yeah. I, I love twisties, but who's been sitting around going, What uh, could jazz these up some more is to stain yeah. myself with yeah. the food yeah. I'm eating. You know, it'd be great if these went blue <laughs> after I ate them. I'm so sick of having to lick normal cheese-coloured cheese bits off my fingers. I had a complaint about having yellow fingers. It'd be better if they were blue. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. Here's a what thought. What are you doing, twisties? Yeah. Okay, what's your thought? They're not designed for adults. Oh, yeah. Who do you think they're marketing towards with this blue phenomenon? Oh, well, aliens. <laughs> That's it. Avatar? It's got to be it. And it lizards. The Nav- Lizard the Navi. people. The Navi? Is it the Navi? <laughs> the Illuminati. Uh, the Navi? Who's it? Who are they? Your children. <laughs> they are targeting your kids with these things, <laughs> not your wife. Well, she ate them. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're not doing a very good do- job of their targeting, are no. they? So she got blue lips, blue fingers. Yeah. Don't know. 
on the, I don't know. Because it's don't know what I, I haven't mean, had the conversation with her that's yet. Weird. How it came well, out? Well, no, because that can we be didn't stand too. around the bowl as a family. Well, no, here's the thing: <laughs> you, you can cut down on certain products in your household. If you tie it on a household budget, you have your mm. bag of blue twisties. No need for the Jay's Blue anymore. There you go. Do you know what I mean? That yep. does that for you. Yep. That's your Jay's Blue right there. Bang. <laughs> that that'll make it. What makes it toilet blue? Toilet blue. Jay's Blue. Oh, yeah. I've never blue. heard of that. Just just pour the what? whole packet of toilets in there. The, the, twisties. Uh, twisties in there. Yeah, yeah. And it'll just blue up your loo. Blue up the toilet. That's yeah. that's a cheaper way to do it, isn't it, really? Yeah, you don't know what Jay's Blue is? And it, no. gives, and it gives your bathroom that wonderful cheese bathroom cheese smell. With every flush. Yeah. So when you guest camera, they go, oh, mm, mm. smells cheesy in your bathroom. <laughs> With that, Cam Knight, great to see you again. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Any gigs you'd like to plug that are not in Sydney? Uh, well, I'll see you tonight, obviously, and more of yes. doing the uh, Comedy Store September 1st with my solo show, but I'm going out to Wyong. This week and Springwood, and I'll be out in Nara with the Sydney Comedy okay. Festival Showcase. So that's three places we don't care about. <laughs> and a couple we do. Cam Knight, good to catch you. Welfare recipients in Canterbury-Bankstown are going to be subjected to random drug testing from January if Parliament passes the Coalition's controversial plan for a two-year trial. Around 1,750 new job seekers seeking welfare are expected to be tested for substances including ice, ecstasy and marijuana. If they fail, they'll receive a card instead of cash payments with restrictions on what they can buy with it. The federal government says it's not about penalising or stigmatising people. What we are trying to do here is find ways to use the very important lever of the welfare system to drive behavioural change, to identify people whose drug use is creating a barrier to employment and get something done about that problem. Yeah, and certainly is a problem. I mean, drugs in Sydney, drugs around the country, particularly ICE, is at epidemic proportions. But is it just singling out one suburb? This is what the PM had to say. The evidence shows that people on those welfare payments are about 2.4 times more likely to be on drugs than people in the general community. It is a trial, you know, and you've got to be prepared to experiment. Yeah, I said it earlier. That I think that's how they got into trouble <laughs> in the first place. Malcolm already had a different turn of phrase, phrase. there. But anyway, <laughs> look, it's a very interesting question because obviously nobody likes welfare cheats. There's lots of people that like, you know, who really want to stop curb or prohibit welfare cheats because if you're a hardworking Australian like I know you know pretty much everyone who's listening is you don't like the idea of people just scabbing off the system yeah. and having to pay particularly when it is tough enough for most Australians just to get by if you are paying for other people to dole bludge or take a second income from the government it does upset you but it's also the question about whether or not it is actually that effective here's something that's and we did a little bit of research when I say we somebody else did I just asked them to do it for me uh Australia, the cost of Australian welfare cheats annually in 2015 was $3.5 billion. That's how much it cost us taxpayers, $3.5 billion. But I asked them to find out how much Australia's fraud costs, right? So white-collar crime, because we obviously we know welfare cheats we'd see as blue-collar crime. If I don't think there's any term for that, but... Um, I would see it as a lower socioeconomic crime. Mm. But what about the top end of town? What about the people who take money from banks and institutions and corporate fraud because they're better educated, does not make them any less guilty? Well, Australia's cost for fraud in 2015, the same year, was $128 billion. $3.5 billion in welfare cheats versus $128 billion in corporate fraud.
It's almost 40 times more. <clears throat> Don't see them going after them as hard, do I mean, look, here's the thing. Maybe they should do drug testing. Of course, they just have to limit that to the <laughs> eastern suburbs. I'm looking at you, Bondi. Yeah, just do some drug testing down there. You wouldn't even need to get out the ice kit. You could just go straight for cocaine. See how you go there. But if you look at, I mean, if, I mean, Maz, if you do look at the rationale the federal government has given for, for picking the area, mm. um, you know, they've got a high number of job seekers applying for the welfare payments. Yes. And they've got a rise in methamphetamine-related yep. hospital admissions. So, yep. And show me a place in Australia where, do, where it doesn't have a rise in methamphetamine-related hospital um, incidents at the moment. It's, that's everywhere. That's, mm. a, that's a given. There's other places like the Central Coast are having their battles yep. with amphetamines and welfare. It is, unfortunately, a, a, a relationship between welfare and drugs that has mm. been around for a long time, and it is a bad one. But the thing is, too, is that I, I personally, I'm a bit torn because I think that if you are taking welfare, you should have to qualify for it. I mean, why should we all have to pay for people who are not doing the right thing? Mm. And particularly, and so I don't want to deny people, even people who are addicted to drugs, I don't necessarily think they need to be treated like criminals. They need health um, support, not necessarily, you know, being incarcerated or anything like that. But the, the thing is, is that the money that goes to a drug addict eventually goes to a drug dealer, which eventually goes to a drug syndicate. Mm. And that's the problem. So we, as a population, are funding the lifestyles of hardened criminals who don't care about health or anybody else. Mm. So but, that's um, the problem. I mean, I think you can, uh, you know, the, as we heard from uh, Malcolm Turnbull and we heard from, the, you know, when this was announced, the the motivation behind it is is sound. They're yep. trying to, you know, wean people who are yep. addicted to these drugs who are also on the welfare system. They're yep. trying to get them off the drugs so they can find employment I and get you know, start contributing to society. I would be interested to hear from somebody who's on welfare, perhaps in that area, who's yep. going to be subject to this as early as January, I think, um, yep. to see what their thoughts are. Because I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I, I can't put myself in the shoes of someone like that. No, but I mean, is, is Bankstown and Greater Western Sydney, again, being unfairly singled out? Or is this fair? I mean, if you, if you live in the area, how do you feel about this? If you live in another part of Sydney, how do you feel about this? Is this another case of picking on Western Sydney? Is this another a case of just lumping everybody into a... a basket of bad apples does it how does it make you feel i mean i wouldn't want that if you know the idea of having to be drug tested it's pretty it's pretty humiliating mm. if you're just automatically suspected of something that you're not doing and you're legitimate you've lost your job because times are tough you're going to get welfare payments and you have to take a drug test i don't know should bankstown be singled out what are your thoughts sydney give us a call here comes the money sorry i think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The following is an official announcement from the Australian Government. Over the past few years, thought crime has reached record levels. Subversion is rife. Our enemies are everywhere. Trust no one. Luckily, there is an answer. Peter Dutton. No, not Peter Dutton. Thank God. Introducing a new series on Podcast One that interrogates the real threats to Australia, like John Saffron, Rob Sitch, and children's author Andy Griffiths. Oh, good, I love those treehouse books. Who will survive? Who will fail? Introducing Extreme Vetting with The Chaser. The Chaser. The only show with the power of life and death over its guests. Listen at podcast1.com.au or via the Podcast One app. Asking you a very Sydney-centric question today, Canterbury-Bankstown 
is going to, if potentially, if Parliament passes the Coalition's controversial plan for a two-year trial, uh, welfare recipients in the area will be subjected to random drug testing from January next year. And if you've lost your job and you're doing it tough, and then you go in and you have to take a drug test because you because other people in the area may be using drugs, how does it make you feel? Is Bankstown always seem to be targeted by politicians? It's a little bit of a whipping boy at times. In a, a, a Greater Western Sydney, at times, is the whipping boy for the nation. If not just in Sydney, uh, does it have a bad name? Is it deserved? I want to hear your opinions. We've got Dan and Cornell. Hello, Dan. Bessie, how are you going? Very good, mate. What's your thoughts? I, I absolutely think that uh, like that whole Bankstown Canterbury area should absolutely be targeted. Um, I work in there. I won't say where. Uh, in like that area, my girlfriend used to live there, and uh, there are some shady cats running around in there. Like uh, yep. a neighbour of hers was a tradie. Uh, he had an eighty thousand dollar Hilux, uh, a distant GTR, which by itself is worth more than my house. Yep. Uh, a Bentley Continental. Um, a Lamborghini and about three Harleys. So there is no way that dude was a tradie. Um, uh, don't try and tell me Salim Mahaja was a tradie, mate. You're way off track there. That guy couldn't swing a hammer. He'd knock himself out. Oh, and, and blowing past my work every day, there's guys in AMG Mercedes, uh, big Audis with like... Yep. Low-profile tires. See, I get, I get it, Dan. See, my point to that, right, is that they're talking about drug testing. So drug testing is not that kind of, you know, that that higher end of um, fraud, oh, yeah. you know, of, of, of welfare that, fraud. Like, those, those, those drug users and, yep. like, the, the welfare chiefs that are, are doing drugs, I'm like, I'm, you, can, you can do whatever you want so long as you're working for it. Like, I, don't, yeah. I pay enough income tax as it is. Yes. Um, I don't want my money going yep. up someone else's nose. 100%. Uh, and then and funding. Then ending up in the, in the knobheads that go blowing past my yep. work every day, you yep. know, people at the crossing. Mate, I'm with no. you on that, Dan. I'll tell you what, it does irk me when you see people look, you know, we obviously can't identify so we're not at any risk. But when you say, when you see some numbnut coming past in, in an AMG, you just go, mate, you're crooked for sure. And you think, well, how do they get that money? Yeah. They've, they've, they've done it from poisoning other people, taking their money, which we have given to them. Of course it drives you nuts. But we've got Nev in uh, Padstow. G'day, Nev. How you going, mate? All right? Very good indeed. What are your thoughts on this? Mate, um, I used to work for Social Security, Centrelink, yep. as a field officer. And I tell you now, from the, the way you describe the welfare cheats, it's um, not fair because not everybody on welfare is a cheat. I agree. And and from what I, from when I um, my experience as a field officer in a department for five years, I, I'd say 99.9% of people I interviewed and used to go to their houses and interview them at home, and and um, I can tell, tell you now, most of them were not cheating and they were really struggling. You could just tell by what how their furniture was set up. Yep. Some of them living on um, mattresses with um, you know uh, milk crates underneath as a bed sort of thing, and... And in dark, dingy little um, rooms in uh, around the Cross and Darlinghurst area, yep. where there's no no daylight whatsoever. The only light they had was from um, the, the light globe, and there was one room with a wardrobe 
and a, and a little single bed. I've seen many of those. So, Nev, can we and, just can we just separate two issues here, right? You've got welfare cheats, because we have. We've talked about welfare cheats, people who are deliberately trying to take advantage of the system, right? That, and you're saying that that is unfair. It's an unfair appraisal of the situation in Bankstown, and I'm happy to go with that, no problem. But what do you, how do you feel about people being drug tested? Now, these people uh, may not be able to find work, uh, but perhaps one of the reasons why they might be able to find steady work is because they're addicted to drugs. How do you feel then, as a former caseworker for Centrelink, how do you feel about um, targeted drug testing in, in a particular community? I don't agree with it because not, uh, I think it's a waste of money because the, um, the people who are on welfare legitimately cannot afford drugs. Mm. And then, unfortunately, so, that's and that's when it turns to crime, and the vicious cycle turns on itself yeah. again. So, so stop, stop throwing this money away yeah. at, at this drugs drug scene yeah. for for uh, welfare only. If you're going to do it, what about politicians? Yeah, mate, here's the thing. Like I said, the top, end, mate, the top end of town. When you compare them as I did before, three point five billion dollars in 2015 on Australia's welfare cheats, one hundred and twenty-eight billion. Was the cost of Australian fraud. Nev, we now, have to make sure they're all Australian citizens before we well, figure out if they're on drugs. That's a problem. I mean, how can you accuse them of being Australian citizens? You can't. I can't be sure any of them are. Nev, thank you very much. Thanks to everybody who called through. Obviously, we can't get to everyone's calls, but I do have some very exciting news about the Food Fighters coming up next. Some very exciting news. The Food Fighters have got a brand new album coming out uh, on September 15th. It's called Concrete and Gold. Uh, this would be, I think this is their 148th album uh, to be released by the Foolies. They are one of those, the most prolific bands and such a great rock outfit. I saw them a couple of years ago uh, when they came to Australia. I actually saw them in New Zealand and then in Australia. It was a bit of a treat. Uh, and they are just supremely good. They're live, awesome. Live, they're amazing. And they've got a new album out. We're going to be giving away tickets actually to an exclusive Foo Fighters listening session with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins uh, to Triple M Club members. You can just sign up at triplem.com.au if you'd like to have a chance to go and do that because I'll tell you, Dave Grohl is a wicked dude. Yep. I've interviewed him a few times and he really cares about his music, but he doesn't take himself too seriously. As you can see by their film clips, I mean, if you've seen a Foo Fighters film clip and you see the way they go about their business, that's pretty much how they are in real life. They're not disappointing at all. And uh, Dave, one of my fondest memories of... Uh, Speaking to Dave Grohl was many, many years ago. I interviewed Dave Grohl and we were double booked for an interview. So Dave Grohl was coming in and we happened to have Kevin Bloody Wilson in as well. Oh, we went, oh hold on. A second. We've, double, we've double booked two massive legends here. What do we do? So we decided that we would put <laughs> Slightly them, different ends of the spectrum though. Massively different. So we said, you know what we'll do? We'll just put them together because how could that not be good? You just What you just decided, let's not ask Kevin Bloody Wilson to maybe hold off for a day. No. Or for an hour. No. We'll just bring him in. I introduced Kevin Bloody Wilson to Dave Grohl and oh. Kevin Bloody Wilson said, oh, you're in a band, aren't you? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's in a band. He was in another band too, Kev. Oh, really? What was the band? It was Nirvana. <laughs> Can you imagine telling somebody... That, that when Dave Grohl's standing there and you're telling them that that man was in Nirvana, going, I've heard of Nirvana. I'm more that interested guy. to know how you explained to Dave Grohl who Kevin Bloody Wilson this was. The, this is the best thing. We said to Dave Grohl, look, Dave, this is Kev. Kev's a bit of a local legend. He, <laughs> s he sings really filthy songs. And Dave Grohl goes, can I hear one? We went, absolutely. <gasps> no. So Kevin Bloody Wilson sung to Dave Grohl. Stick Careful. That, yep. Stick that phone right. up your 
jumper. For anyone who's a fan of Kevin Bloody Wilson, you'll know what Merrick's referring to. And he sung it, and you should have seen Dave Grohl's face. He just looked at it and he went, this is amazing. And then as soon as he stopped playing, he goes, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> He's a terrific guy, Dave. A lot of fun. So I want to have another phone. First of all, actually, um, I actually, this new album, Concrete and Gold, when I was caught up with Dave and Taylor and the band in uh, New Zealand a couple of years ago, hmm. I asked him about the concept for his next album. It's, you know, it's a concept that you've created and then gone off and recorded. Is there, you know, with your next album, are you going to challenge yourself to do that again with a, a different type of concept? Have you already got something in mind? Yeah, for man, it? we came up with this idea that I thought was so great, oh. and I kept it a secret for so long, and somebody kind of just did it. Oh, no! Yeah, dude. Really? Yeah, I'm still not going to say anything because we still maybe might do it. Yeah, but steal it? But it was something that no one had done before. Are they bigger than Foo Fighters? No. Just screw them. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Just do it, and then. And then but you can't because once, it, once it's kind of been done, yeah, it'll just forever be associated with that other thing. And it was yeah. such a good idea. Uh, you can't tell us what the idea was, or give us a hint. No. Just in case you do it. Yeah, yeah we might do it. We'll see. So after that, after I recorded that conversation with Dave Grohl, he told me that the idea for it was actually a tribute show to <laughs> Kevin Buddy Wilson. <laughs> Called stick that effing foo up your fooing. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if they so covered careful. that out. Oh my god! Oh my, oh my god! I'll literally have a meltdown. Because you know how uh, the fooies on their latest tour, they they one of their big things, and Bruce Springsteen does as well. Mm. But they would pull fans out of the crowd mm. to perform on stage with them, mm. and they pull out Kevin Bloody Imagine Wilson. Imagine if they brought Kevin Bloody Wilson up on stage. So, what about Santa Claus? Oh my god! <laughs> it's close to Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to open up the phones. We've done this before with Metallica, and it worked really, really well. And it was kind of weird, and we weren't sure whether or not it was going to work well, but it worked brilliantly. But today we can do it with the Foo Fighters, right? It's as simple as this. Foo Fighters discuss. Oh. Any story you want to tell me that involves the Foo Fighters. It might have been going to a concert. It might have been when you were listening to one of their songs and something happened. It doesn't matter how tenuous the link is to Foo Fighters. Yeah. You could have been wearing a Foo Fighters t-shirt and something amusing happened. It does not matter. However you want to bring Foo Fighters into the conversation. Foo Fighters, discuss. Give us a call. one triple three five three for your best story with any tenuous link you like to the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters have got a brand new album out. It's 15th of September. You can pre-order it now. It's called Concrete and Gold. I think that it is going to be another classic Fooey's album. Now, asking you, on 13353. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses won't Oh, sorry. Did you know there's this one? Merrick, we're still talking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Don't Axel. you talk about Foo Fighters in Axel front of Axel is very precious, isn't he? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm asking you, on 13353, about... Okay. Merrick has literally just dropped his microphone. Did drop it? It fell off. No, Merrick dropped it. Uh, b- while Merrick's fixing his microphone. Right, I fixed it. Oh, you back. fixed it. Okay. Yeah, don't panic, Sydney. <laughs> Sydney just lost its mind. People driving into other cars. It's all right, I'm back. I've had a few technical problems here the other day. Have. Normally, the only technical problem is my mouth, but today it's <sighs> equipment. Ask you one triple three five three for your story about the Foo Fighters. It can be in any way tenuously linked to the band. Because we're giving away tickets to the exclusive Foo Fighters listening session with Dave Grohl mm-hmm. and Taylor Hawkins to Triple M Club members. So you have to be a Triple M Club member to win uh, and you can join by signing up at triplem.com.au. Yeah, do it. I've got a uh, Foo Fighters story, Miss. I can't believe you slept with Dave Grohl. I know. Neither can I. He never called. <laughs> uh, no, he. I have met Dave Grohl though because I used to be a, I used to work as a runner uh, for the big day out. Back in Adelaide. 
Do you, hang on a second. You met somebody who was a ball boy as well, didn't you? I met Pat Rafter as a ball boy. Do yeah. you only meet famous people when you're ducking and running? Yeah. Is that, is, is that, is that a bit of a thing for you that you meet everybody you meet famous? You have to be running down really low? Yeah. Okay. Well, they don't so, give me jobs where I have to put things on high shelves okay. because I exactly. can't reach. You don't, sh- you don't stack shelves. So no. you were a, a runner at the big day. A out. runner. Basically, we were the shit kickers. So yeah. if there was, you know, anything from filling up portaloos to putting up signs to moving things around, we had to do that job at the big day. Living out. the dream. Living the dream. Absolutely. Didn't get paid much either. But we got a free kick- ticket to the gig. Yeah. And uh, on the day, I was working, and I had to go, and I got a request, and we say we need someone to go to the shop. Um, because the Foo Fighters want some peanut butter. So I had to go for a drive to Coles to get Dave Grohl some crunchy peanut butter. Fair income. Yeah. And what brand did he eat? What'd you get him? Oh, just Kraft. Just Kraft. Just Kraft. <laughs> just Kraft one. This was the days before the organic peanut butter. I was going to say, the, yeah, it would have been yeah, old school, yeah. just regular. Yeah. Remember when peanut yeah. butter used to be like a paste? Now it's like a oily mayonnaise. He was stoked to was get he? the peanut butter, though. Yeah. yeah, did you? So you get to meet him. Yeah. He said, oh, "Hi, I'm Liam. I'm the guy delivering your peanut butter." Yeah, and he's just going at last, the... the guy with the peanut butter. And what did he have it on? Did he have it I on don't know. toast? He gave it to him and left. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, mate. I don't know what he did with the. I don't know what he did with the peanut. That's the thing, mate. The second part of that story could have been absolutely <laughs> amazing. You know what I mean? There's like, okay, <clears throat> Luke and Balmain. Hello. Hey, Miss. All right, give us your Foo Fighters story. I bought the limousine in the film clip for Big Me, the, you know, the, the Futos yeah. um, mock-up of the uh, the Mentos commercial. Yes, yes. Yeah, there was an NA stretch family, which you know what it would be. Um, yeah. Yeah, 91 or 90, Fairlane stretch in black. Yeah, I bought the car because it was, <laughs> it was the one in the film clip. Oh, well, who had it before you then? Who owned it? Oh, it was just a high car company and it got leased out and it had, it had its day. Paid 10 grand for it. Uh, usually they ship them up the Gold Coast, the old limos. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, it was just on for sale. Stock bought it for a laugh and Gold. it for a couple of years and flogged it. That's unreal. How much did you sell it for more money after telling them that it was uh, formerly used in a Foo Fighters film clip? Oh, mate, I think I got about the same for a couple of years later. <laughs> no, that's still it's good still, investment. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Good times. That, that's great. It's good story. What a limo because he liked the band. That's insane. It's the sort of stupid <laughs> thing I'd do. Michael and Camperdown, I've got time for one more call. Hello, mate. Hey, how's it going? Very good indeed. What's your Foo Fighters story? All right, so I was about 15 is when they were out here for the big day out, 2000, and they were going to be at Channel V. Yeah, uh, but it ended up only being Dave Grohl, and you know, me and my best mate went along and decided to get bit stoned beforehand, and then Dave got to interview three people from the crowd, and I was the third person, oh, and no. he got to he asked everyone the same questions like, you know, three favorite bands, what's your favorite food and stuff, and then at the end of my one, he looks at me and he goes, "Oh man, so what color are your eyes?" I'm like, oh, they're blue. Oh, no. And he just bursts out laughing and he goes, no, they're not, man. <laughs> just pats me on red. the back and walks away. Yeah, yeah, they're red and you've been busted on television <laughs> being munted. Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, by Dave Grohl. Oh, yeah. too far. Well, at least you got to meet somebody famous. Sure, yeah. you were stoned yeah. at the time. Don't remember it, but other than that, that's, that's no, not bad. Good fun. Yeah, yeah, good times. Thank you, Michael. Cheers. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrick Villian. Uh, Merrick Villite. Merrick Villaman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9. Triple.